Fine Beats and Cheese is the podcast that could be the magic at last. <laughs> this is Leslie Gray Streeter. I am a columnist for the Baltimore Banner, inventor of many silly puns related to whatever topic we have, and an author. My co-host is who? I am uh, Lynn Streeter Childress. I make theater for young audiences, and I can't smile without our next guest. What? Yes. Working it out. What? Our, what? Our guest <laughs> Is the fabulous, wonderful Tracy Tiernan. Thank you very much, Lenny. Oh my gosh. Tracy, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, yes. Well, thank you very much, Leslie and Lynn, for having me on Fine Beats and Cheeses, two things that I have learned to appreciate in my life over a long period of time. I love beets and I love cheeses and I love both of you. So this is this is magic, Leslie. This is magic. It is. It is at last. I host the morning show on Bright FM in Baltimore. It's a contemporary Christian music station. I've been here for 20 years. Wow. And uh, let's see, I'm married to Gary. Um, We got married later in life, second marriage for both of us. And we will be coming up on our 10-year anniversary in November. Can you believe that? Um, I'm the bonus mom of six. I want to say kids. They're all adults. And they're amazing. Um, and I I love I love the Lord. I love music. I love to create. I love being around creative people. I love people. I love people. Yes. And so um, I'm really excited to be here. I guess that's about it. I write songs and and I love did I mention I love cheese? Yes. Yes. And by the way, I don't know. I will tell you guys, this is going to be a slightly shorter fine beats and cheeses because the three of us noodled hysterically and like had a mini therapy session for 20 minutes when we were supposed (laughs) to be recording. So sorry about that. I'm not sorry. Um, But I will say that Tracy um, was part of one of my favorite moments when Lynn got married. Tracy was the singer. And so uh, I walked down and I sang uh, God Bless the Broken Road as Lynn walked down, but I knew I was going to cry. So I took my glasses off. So I couldn't see her um, because I knew that I was <laughs> first into tears. I was like, I'll never so get through sweet. this song if I don't do that. Anyway, so it's funny that we are talking about, you know, loving people and stuff because the topic today is the music of someone who I think has been called cheesy because of his earnestness and because of his um, ability to just go for an emotion. And we love that. So, Tracy, tell us One who we're talking about and today. only. Barry Manilow. Yay! Yes. Yes. Barry Manilow, the soundtrack of my youth. Barry Manilow. He wrote it. Tracy, so tell us when you first encountered Barry Manilow. (laughs) It had to be, Lynn, I've been thinking about this. It had to be early on because, I I mean, I have a Barry Manilow story um, oh. and kind of in kind of a roundabout way now i i never got to meet him i've seen him in concert maybe twice back in the 70s but <laughs> i remember uh i was about nice. 14 years old 13 or 14 and my uh stepdad was having a birthday and i asked my mom for some money to go to security square mall yes. to buy him a gift i wanted to buy him nice. a gift so my friend karen and i got dropped off at security square mall and we wandered the mall, and I was looking for a gift, and I come upon the record store that was, was at Security Square Mall at the time. You might remember it. It was called Harmony Hut. Do you remember Harmony Hut? you remember? Yes. And I went in there. I don't know why I went in there. I wasn't going to find something for my stepfather in there, but it was like 
it, it was like temptation for me. It was like music, music filled the store. And what was mm. the big record at the time? Mm. It was Barry Manilow's album, This One's For You. Oh. His big face oh. on the cover. Oh, I, I even thought he was dreamy. I mean, what did I, 14, I just thought, oh, <laughs> I love Barry. I love Barry. Oh, I love that song. And I somehow convinced myself, my 14-year-old little, little sinner of a mind there, convinced myself that I needed this record. <laughs> And I bought it <laughs> for myself with the money that my mother gave me to buy a gift for my stepfather. And I don't know. It's like I just zoned out. And when she picked me up from the uh -oh. mall later and asked me what I got him, and I proudly pulled out this record album that I got for me, she said, and I quote, Tracy, what were you thinking? That's really selfish. And... It was like one of those moments in life where, mm. like epiphany, you know what I mean? Like up until that moment, it hadn't occurred to me that I was being selfish oh, no. or that I completely <laughs> lost the reason why I went to the mall and why I even had that $20 in my hand. Right. I had to have the Barry Manilow album. And so I attribute Barry Manilow to a spiritual awakening in my life. And the moment that I realized <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sinner and I need help. Oh my God, please forgive me. So, oh I mean, God. to this day, I still have that album <laughs> um, well. as a reminder, as a memento of, man, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a mess without God. <laughs> I'm a, that's my heart. That is me right wow. there. Jesus. I've never heard anything so wonderful in my life and very, and also once again, I think that, you know, he would, would probably find <laughs> that funny. Um, what, what I've always liked about Bare Metal, like said, is just that, what we do on the show is talk about yeah. things that you earnestly like and that you're like, listen, I just like it. And because people are uncomfortable with yeah. earnestness, they're uncomfortable with yes. um, sentiment, they're uncomfortable with just not layering everything and like with our generation and like eight layers of irony and, you know, I don't really mean that. If you want to, fine, whatever. I don't, <laughs> I don't care, whatever. And there's no whatever. And Barry Anilow's, um music, there's no whatever in it. And he's just like, you know, could this be mm. magic? It's like, it's just everything is so present and urgent. And I just, I love that. Can't Smile Without You. Um, what's your favorite, both of you, what's your I favorite Barry Manilow song? I was going to ask um, for like a top three, but but can I tell a Barry Manilow story? Yes. Um, so we um, saw, well, we first probably heard of him just be. so we were born in the early 70s and his music was just everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. But um, Everywhere. Oh, actually, I have several Barry Manilow stories, but one is that we lived in the Middle East um, and between 82 and 84, our dad was a mm -hmm. um, contractor for the bus company in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, and we he was uh, in management and we... Uh, lived there for a year and a half. He was there for a year by himself, and then the family went over for another year and a half. And mm. very long plane rides, of course. Usually from Kennedy, we would fly from BWI in Baltimore to Kennedy in New York, and then fly either like to Europe and then change planes or whatever. But wow. anyway, you would go on the plane for a long time, and I can't remember if it was the first long time. year we went or if it was when we came home the second time. But anyway, I bought... Barry Manilow live in London, and I had it in my Panasonic knockoff Walkman and just listened to it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and whenever 
Oh. I hear some of those songs, even hearing the recorded versions now, what I'm thinking yeah. of is the live version. Yeah. But um, his music just puts pictures in my head, like, you know, climbing the stairs and being in New England and like all of it. And it's it's always, I don't know, it's just, it's beautiful. And we can talk about that in a minute. It's sort of like the themes of the Manilow, but like yeah. I, I wrote down my top three. Ooh, what are they? They are um, Even Now. Yes. Um, um, mm. Which I realize reminds me a lot of another one of my favorite, other favorite groups is Ambrosia. It reminds me a lot of, about, of how much I feel. Love them. Love them. Yes. Of, of looking, thinking about this, you know, looking back in a relationship. Um, Weekend in New England mm -hmm. um, is my favorite. And um, I made it through the rain. Oh, my gosh. Because it's so hopeful and beautiful and that's yes. such a again we could talk about themes but that's a theme of his is like getting through and getting on the other side and the part the line he says i found myself respected by the others who oh. got rained on too i can't believe you're mentioning that that is totally that is that is the line right there mine too that was very helpful in my widowhood thing because when i got together with all these people at camp widow which doesn't sound like a lot of fun but it really is we cry we drink <laughs> we laugh we dance we eat we go home um but that being respected by the others who got rained on to having like people in your corner that also made yeah. it through the rain is super important so that was on my list also weekend in new england just because i always liked the sort of um wistfulness of it and ready to take a chance again is my yeah. absolute favorite because that was a theme when I at was, you know, widowed for a while when I started dating, I dated the wrong person, but at least I was out there, you know, I was like, you know, you remind me, I live in a shell, man. It's like, you know, waking up parts of me, you thought it had dead were dead and stuff. Um, and it's just a great song. Also, Lynn and I had this discussion, Tracy, you would be, a great person to ask about this. It used to be in our day, music yes. had key changes. Like that's when you knew that a music was a, yes. a song was important, and nobody does key, key changes change. anymore. I miss it. And it just Barry would like and tell me, Boof. and there's lots of Boof. in it. Our eyes meet everybody. When, when can, can I can touch you? you? When, when will this strong you? And, and when, and when, boom! I hold you. Sing it, girl. Again. <laughs> what? Well, and here's the other thing about Barry, and I think of him and Celine and Mariah and Whitney that they understood. We're gonna get music yeah. geeky for a minute. Yeah. Modulation. They understood the difference between starting off a song at a four. <laughs> And then by the end, because the music was so great and it was building up and the music was ready, the musicians were like, ah! And then when you hit the last big note, there was an yes. emotional crescendo. And he was such a master, yes. is such a master of that and understands so much that you have an emotional investment. Also because so many of his songs are telling stories about, and Lynn's going to talk about the themes, mm. about vulnerability and about... Um, being not sure about something and by the end of it, you're sure of it. You're, you're stating it. You're out there with the key change. Um, you're beating on your chest. Like Celine, I love her, too. Um, I love I love her, her too. so much. Um, 
I just love it. She's going to be in it. She has to be she an episode be. at some point. But Lynn, tell well, me a little bit about the well, themes that you found. Um, oh, sorry. I top top three. three. So I'm going to say, oh, uh, I trying to get the feeling again is, oh. is one of my top. Mm. Because how many people can relate to that? I just yes. think that it's a profound, mm. like to me, that song is the opposite of cheesy. To me, that oh my song, gosh. that song is like Ugh. that's profound. How many people have felt like it is something's wrong with my heart? I'm not feeling what I should be feeling right now. You know, mm. I've been up, down, trying to get the feeling again, all around. You know, I mean, come on, man, mm. uh, we've all been there, haven't we? Where we thought I I should yeah. feel fill in the blank, and I oh don't. My and I don't. And so, I don't. So he's saying, and you know, I don't. doctor, my woman. He's like talking to the doctor about it. You know, it's just, that's profound. So trying to get the feeling. Um, yes. I would say, could this be the magic? And Mandy might be tied. They, mm. they might be tied. Um, oh, gosh. I love Ready to Take the Chance Again. Ready to Take a Chance Again. I love that one. That's my favorite. Um, and I have to say this one's for you. I guess I need to say that because that was the album that I sold my soul right. for. Well, a you, dark you, moment. You know, I, it's so funny about trying to get the feeling again is I heard yesterday um, I was, was doing a deep dive in, in Manilow and I've always loved that song. But one of the things that made me think of it, though, is that that song will even have you um, reevaluating good relationships yes. because mm -hmm. in a way that's life is that our feelings go up and down mm -hmm. and and sometimes, yeah, I love my husband. I'm in a great marriage. But there's sometimes, too, I'm like, I miss the, you know, when we didn't live together and have, you know, bills. Um, you know, you, right? You know, you, mm. you, you miss some of the carefreeness and the, and it's trying. So sometimes it's trying to get that feeling and getting it back because it's a life circumstance or whatever and not that the relationship is dead because um, yeah. the part it's... of that that song that kills me, he says, anywhere I possibly can, but there's no trying to get that feeling again, and it's like mm. a gut punch. He's like, he's tried it and he's tried it and he's tried it and he's tried it and he's tried it, but there's still hope, right? In it, and and that could because mm. when people go to therapy, even mm. if things aren't working, usually it's because they want things to be better right and so um mm -hmm. i don't know i i love i love that song but yeah that song freaking kills me what you just said um it's the ebb and flow right of of relationship and sometimes when you're in mm -hmm. it you're married you've got kids you got all the stuff going the relationship becomes more about logistics than romance and yeah. you know right it's logistics <laughs> it's like gotta do this 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 and meanwhile i love you <laughs> So I yeah, know. that longing, that yearning for things to be as they were. Um, yeah, I, I, we and, and and also the idea that if I'm going to love somebody, I got to dig deeper than my feelings because what you said is so true, Lynn. They change. They change. <gasps> okay, so you guys, this is. I'll tell the short version because it's not about Bear Band a little bit, but what, your point. So when I was at University of Maryland, I when I was freshman, I got involved in Campus Crusade for Christ. And there's a lot questionable, honestly, about that. But anyway, I was part of Campus Crusade, and there was this couple that had gotten together. They were probably in the early 20s who were staff, and they had been there the year before I got there. And the kids who had been there the year before, 
who I knew then were like, oh my gosh, you got to meet so-and-so and so-and-so. They're great. They fell in love, and, you know, because, you know, we were told this thing, you know, we weren't really allowed to date. It was like fun times with friends they called dating, and eventually God would find your person and put you together when you were in your early 20s so you could have sex. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean. So it's like, it, so it would be okay. So anyway, so, so they were so excited because this couple was coming back and they were going to tell us how great marriage was. It would be really, really awesome. And I could tell, I didn't know her, but I could tell something was not, completely kosher like not that their marriage but i think their marriage was good but it was she wasn't gonna say what they wanted so she goes up and she says you know how guys used to tell you guys we felt like love was a feeling they're like yes like tell it she goes love is not a feeling love is commitment and they went <laughs> what and she said love is what you feel the commitment is what keeps you married the commitment is to yourself as people and to god and to listen and to be there and to stay there when things are not awesome and to yeah. say that when things are hard that's what love is and she blew yeah. their minds and i don't know if they got it but i was like all right girl preach preach yourself because i didn't have any connection to her and i wasn't we weren't raised in that sort of like you know that specific kind of yeah, evangelicalism yeah. you know where it was like because i went on dates we went on dates it was like right. just call it a date you know it was i was not that thing but it was so profound and i think that that song at the end when he's like i gotta get that feeling he's not saying i can't get it by the end it's like the refrain is i got to get that feeling i just like like once again he writes these songs where he starts it's the entire conversation there's like a play mm -hmm. in three acts it comes in you know, for like, you know, ready to take the chance again. He starts with, there's my vulnerability and I, my heart was broken and I live in a shell and you remind me of that. And at the end, he's like, he's there. He is ready, you know, believing with nothing to show for it. You get what you get oh, when you go for it, I'm which is my favorite songs. part. And it's songs. so 70s. Isn't that funny that even talking about Barry Manilow's songs, the construction of it. And oh, yeah. you're, you're just, you're nailing it. Leslie, you're describing that feeling. It's like he's taking us on the journey uh, with him. It's very present and yes, in the moment. Yes. And by the crescendo and the modulation, right? We're like, yes, I'm ready. So like wherever he is in the song, we are right there with him. We are feeling it. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. What is wrong with me? Are, are there any? No, it's so good. we all loved his music when we were younger. Yeah. And liked them for a reason. And we've talked a little bit about this, but can you think of a song of his that you relate to differently now that you've been through some stuff that you're, that you're, that you're in your fifties. <laughs> Leslie, you have your hand up. Copacabana. Oh. Because I heard that song when I was yeah. like six or something. And that's like crazy old lady. I bet you Lola was probably 40 by the end of the song when she's like, it with the fellows feathers in her hair. Her and now it's a disco. I, I bet she lost her youth. I bet you she was well, 35, no, they said it 40 was 30 tops. years ago. So she and was maybe like, it's 20, 50. Yeah, maybe 50. 50. She <laughs> no. wasn't any older than us. And they make right. her sound like Miss Havisham, who, by the way, we find out was only in her 30s. <laughs> you know, seriously. So they make Lola sound like this crazy yeah. person. And she is because her, her boyfriend was right. murdered in front of her. And so I used to think of like, oh, crazy song about a thing. And the older I got, I was like, no, this is a horrible song about a woman living in trauma. And she comes back to this place where she was happy, where things were supposed to work out for her and Tony. There was a bad CBS movie 
of Copacabana, remember? I think, believe it was Barry Mandel and Annette right? O'Toole. Really? Am I Dear right, Lynn? No. Oh, my I'm looking it up right now. Look it up. Look what? it up. Look it up. But, yes, it was terrible. But um, unless I just imagined this because I've drunk too much fizzy water. But I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> um, tell me, t- look, at, look, am I crazy? Did I imagine a Copacabana movie out of whole cloth? Can you bear with me just one second? I have to step away just for a quick second. No, I'm going to look it up. Right. 1985, Leslie. Leslie, you're absolutely ah! right with Barry Manilow. It's a singer, Tony. He loves dancer Lola and Neto, too, in 1940s New York. <gasps> Senator Rico, Joseph Bologna, brings her to his No, of course it was. While Tracy's not here, I knew Joe, Joe Bologna, and he was the nicest man yeah. in the world. I'll tell the story really quickly. I um, worked at a theater in uh, Miami in the early 90s, and well, mid-90s, and uh, Joe Bologna and his wife, Renee, did a show, wrote a show that was at the Coconut Grove Playhouse where I was an intern, and uh, B. Arthur was in the show, and they were, Joe and, his, and Renee mm-hmm. were writing the show. And also in it, so they she wanted somebody to help her like go through her lines because everything was like in flux, and mm-hmm. um she also kind of just wanted an assistant, but it was cool. She was really they were, she was really good to me, and I went to the apartment where they were staying once and to go over lines. And I think we ate dinner. They ordered food, and um they were dancing in front of me. They were practicing their thing, and I just saw this beautiful mm-hmm. couple who had been married for like thirty, forty years at that point. Yeah, who just had so much love and respect for each other that they were actual partners in everything and writing and in life. Yes. And um, it was wonderful. And so I I interviewed her when I was at the Palm Beach Post and I said to her, I'm a widow, too. And she says, yeah. it's just terrible, we were, isn't it? We, and I was so like, we were talking it is. About yeah. that there is a movie with uh, 85 with Barry Manilow, Annette O'Toole, and Joseph Bologna. And I was telling my Joseph Bologna story that, which I'll, <laughs> if you hear this, we don't have time to tell it again, but you'll hear it later that I actually knew him for a little bit and he was the nicest man. Okay. Why do wow. I know that? Why I couldn't pass I and I can say this now because it's thirty years from thirty years ago, literally this month. But when I graduated from the University of Maryland, I wasn't even sure I had passed astronomy. I literally in my cap and gown because you walk before they give you a diploma. I literally walked to the place where they had hung the grades, which is very terrible to do that to you the morning of graduation mm-hmm. to make sure I had passed, so I wouldn't have to come back. But I could have had astronomy in my head, and yet I have the 1985 Barry Manilow movie and the cast <laughs> in my head. Why? I feel betrayed by my brain. Like, I, so much would have been easier in my life if I didn't have that particular piece oh, of information. Wow. Oh, wow. In my head. I, I love it. Well, tr- what you gonna Tracy, do? what song, is there a song <laughs> that you can think of of his that you saw one way but now see differently because you know stuff? Well, the song Mandy. Is like the ultimate song of regret, mm. isn't it? Regret. Mm. I mean, my heart. Th- think about, you know, in our lives, as we live this life, um, we have regrets about how we treated people who were good to oh. us. And that song, I mean, he's singing it. He's he's like, you know, you came, you came and you gave without taking, but I sent you away. Oh, Mandy, you kiss me and stop me from shaking, and I need you today. Oh, Manny, Mandy, um, it just, he, he's so filled with regret over 
how he treated somebody who loved him selflessly. And, you know, I, I think as I've gotten older, I just, I think about that. I think about who, who are the people in my life that I've just kind of skipped over and, mm. and discarded. And it could even be that I, I didn't mean to, you know, I mean, I, uh, Gary and I, we're on our second yeah. marriage. So when you're on your second marriage and you've been through divorce, you've got, you've got some brokenness and you've been through some trauma. Some of it is imposed upon you. Some of it you cause yourself and you yeah. have to, you have yeah. to reconcile that, you know, you've got to make peace with that somehow. You've got to learn to forgive yourself and forgive other people. Um, and for all the regrets that I have in my heart, I don't let them, I don't let them kill me. I don't let them dominate me, but I let them make me more mindful of how I love people now, how present I am with people now. And I, I hope that for, you know, all of the regrets that I have and the things that I haven't handled well in my life and the people that have been good to me that I didn't treat like they deserved, I hope that it has made me a better mm. person now and that I somehow honor them by being, well, being a better human now, you know? So yeah, yeah Mandy, I regret. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think mine is probably, I was looking at like my list and it probably, something about weekend new New England, even yeah. though like I, I at that point when I first said I had never been to New England, I didn't for the weekend or otherwise. Um, but, and I, I, it's so weird, but I've been to New England. So we went to Cape Cod for our vacation last year when my kid turned 10. And there is something about New England mm. and New England beaches that is a different vibe, I feel, than mm -hmm. um, mid-Atlantic beaches, different than Ocean City, even like Bethany. There's just something very, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that you're further north um but the rocks and everything and yes like i said i think in pictures in his song paint a picture and i always imagine it to kind of be like the cover of a you know 70s album with like the weird orange sun that looks really strange and doesn't really exist in nature <laughs> and like you know kind of like the beaches in the um and the thing where it's like jesus carried you and you only saw one set of footsteps <laughs> footprints that's that's <laughs> sorry that's the kind of how oh, i sort good. of imagine oh. it and i always saw barry Manilow or whoever in like a white cable knit sweater because it's always like white cable knit and yes and um, that's what I had in my head and it's, you know, when will our eyes meet? When will I touch you? But something about, not even sort of about the experience, but something about actually going to New England and having some more to, sort of context, like why did he choose there? Why didn't he choose California? Why didn't he choose? Well, probably because it was a weekend from New York because you could get to New England if you okay. were in New York as a singer songwriter as he was at the time he was writing on Broadway he was writing for Bette Midler he was on, very New York based that New England is like you know we have taken the train you know from you know here to there like you when we take the train up last year we went the early this year we went to Providence to see one of my goddaughters and you go through New York and then you're about Two hours later, you're in Providence, you know, or Boston, whatever. That so maybe that's total, why. Maybe total, total, right? Because it's just yeah. the weekend. Yeah. It wasn't. It's just the weekend. I, I feel like we could do like a deep dive of like all of his songs. And that's one of the thoughts I had, but I should have known that this conversation would just organically go <laughs> like, um, 
like a bunch of places, but we're talking about the themes. So there's always hope and longing yes. about relationships that didn't work out. And they're not mm. going to work out because you're with somebody else, like even now, or 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 things. There's Ugh. somewhere down the road, right? Oh, that's a great mm. one. Yes, our paths are going to cross again. It, it's gonna. It's like it's not now. There's always this hope, even if there's sadness. It's like it's going to work out, or even though it didn't work out, I still love you. But then there's also this other side of like happiness of like I um I made it through the rain and um uh it's a miracle. I love it's a miracle. Oh. A true blue spectacle of me. I I remember when um it's so funny people who are young think of this as a bad episode but the Fanta when fan they were doing Barry Manilow he had been on a couple episodes of American Idol in the very early days of it and I remember Fantasia did It's a Miracle. And I think some people were like, does she even, and she probably didn't. She didn't know a lot of stuff. Maybe she knew that song, maybe she didn't, but she made it her own. She sang that yeah. song. Do you remember Lynn? Do you remember her singing it? She sang she that said, long like she had written it. Like, yeah. Wow. It's like, go Fantasia. And because she, you know, very famously is such a beautiful interpreter of, of song and she relates these things. So I have to tell you my Barry Manilow story. We have one of them. One is that Lynn and I, he was technically our first concert. We like to claim Paul Young, but we went to see him in 1985 because we were no, Red, uh, Red was, Cross Paul volunteers, and they gave us Paul Young was first. Okay, okay. so she he was second, and they gave us tickets, and we went and we took our friend uh, Nikki, uh, who was always our partner in crime for so many things, and we just sang. We sat on the lawn and sang and sang and sang. But I interviewed him years ago when he was like probably mid 2000s ish when he had been on American Idol for the Palm Beach Post. And I told him that he was one of my favorite people because he made them sing scales. He made them ah. connect to the music. Cause he was like, I'm here to make you a singer to help you be a singer. And I, same thing like Harry Connick Jr. did years later, where he was like, y'all got to, like, sing. Y'all can't just, like, be, like, singing like the record. It's like, no. And he really, he was there to instruct them. They wouldn't do that now, probably. But um, they certainly wouldn't have Barry Manilow because he's, I don't, he wouldn't be probably relevant at all to these kids. At least these kids, when 20 years ago, who were coming up, at least their parents mm -hmm. probably listened to him. Now, their parents, you know, who knows when they were born. I refuse to do the math. <laughs> I don't want to. Um but it's um he was just he's such a he's a perfection thing he was bet midler's music director um mm. music director and he had a specific who was it on his um was it bet midler oh uh gosh when bet midler was on the kennedy center honors was it oh melissa manchester who said was it who said that she um, loved when Bet was doing her show mostly because she thought that it should be her show. Was it Melissa Manchester? It, it, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. And it was just because you think of like this era of these singers of like Bet yeah. Midler, yeah. Barry Mandela, Melissa Manchester, and Helen Reddy, and all these people who, once again, what was in fashion was emotion. Emotion and earnestness. Mm -hmm. I sing, Lynn did something so wonderful for me. We, go back and forth. We didn't do it this year for our birthday, but it's going to happen and do cameos. Like when you get the famous people That's to like fantastic. record you a message and Lynn did <gasps> uh, Melissa Manchester for me. And she no. sang, don't cry out loud. And I burst into tears. <laughs> 
talk about a song that you don't get when you're sit when you're young about the metaphor about the clown. She painted on a smile. She took on with some clown because <laughs> oh, you know because like you know because who hasn't done that? Because you think the circus is in town, right? So you gotta be you gotta be a part of it. Wow. They're telling you what's fun. Painted painted on a smile and took up with some clown. What? Because she didn't want parade just passing by her. Because she's like, well, I gotta do it, don't you, you don't know, you whatever. Cry out loud. And don't she can't it. be just you. Just keep it inside. Oh and my god, how to hide your she feelings. can't be broken. Oh, and what's so funny is I see as an adult woman. It's not even a bare metal song, but I see as an adult woman, like in that message, because it's good and bad, because it's like, you have to like keep going. We were taught like stoic mm-hmm. stoicism. And it means that you have to pretend it doesn't hurt. You have to pretend that you weren't hurt, even though you did this to yourself. Cause you put it, you went and you found the clown version of that. Right. You isn't know, like, and baby. Oh. Isn't oh. it, isn't it the, like, yeah. Isn't let it go. The modern it version is. of don't cry out loud. Kind of. It really is just, just. It's the opposite lesson. I think it's something that you learn. But yeah, we ought to do the Melissa Manchester. I don't think Melissa Manchester is It was Melissa Manchester, by the way, uh, Although who told that story. Yes. I thought that once again, Lynn and I, we love the Kennedy Center Honors. It's like our Super Bowl. We only have, we we have two minutes. You guys are so fun. Oh, no. I can go, I I have, um, I I can go till 10.05. Is that okay? Yay! I'm so, so sorry. Much yes. I'm no, no, it's so sorry. Good. No, no, but again, we blab. Literally, we're sorry that you didn't hear this whole conversation, um, people, but um, we who were listening to this. Right? We should have recorded all of it. <laughs> to quote Robert Preston from The Music Man, we were frittering, frittering away our supper time, short time, too. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> People are listening. Any, I always say, like, I always say, well, people younger than 30, they go, no one younger than 30 is listening to this podcast. But if they did, they'd be like, what, did they have a stroke? What are they talking about? If there's anybody under 30 listening to this podcast right now, you need to reach out to Leslie and Lynn immediately and let them know who you are because you're obviously very cool yes. and uh, a kindred spirit. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here, young persons. <laughs> but look, yes, look up. So this is your this is your homework. Melissa Manchester, Barry Manilow, if you don't yes. know him, and Robert Preston, the music man. Look up all of those things. Yes. And you dropped a Helen Reddy in there too, which kind of made me go, whoa. I did. Helen Reddy. Oh, Helen Reddy. Let's, you know, Captain and Tennille. I mean, that, that whole era, right? Anne, whole... Mur- Anne Murray. Anne Murray. Oh my God. Okay. Don't get no, me started. To, we have to do a Anne Murray, Murray episode. Um, okay. Broken Hearted Me is one of my favorite songs ever. I, did I ever tell you, Lynn, I had this dream that you and me were singing that with John Legend? <laughs> No, but I hear it in my head. Can you hear it? That it was you and me and John Legend. And he was playing and we were, eh, and he started every now and then I cry. Every night you keep staying on my mind. Mm-hmm. And we we're like in the back doing the thing, doing the harmony and stuff. John Legend, if you're listening and you're not, um, we volunteer to come sing this Anne Murray song that for the 1970s with you. That needs to <laughs> you're welcome. I'm just <laughs> You're but welcome, totally, John Lishan. I totally can hear that <laughs> in my head because he was singing every night. Can't you hear him? Yeah, I'm. D- I, it's dumb. I love it. And now my obsession Thank is you. yours. And you're welcome. You're welcome. And- <laughs> okay, so wrapping this up, Tracy. Um, this is so much fun. I can't take it. Um, 
you you presented us with this thing. Do you ultimately now we've had this conversation believe that this is cheesy? And if you do, do wow. you care? So let me say this. I, you know, I was obsessed with Manilow when I was young. I loved, loved his music. I still love his music, but I was obsessed and proud of it uh, uh, to, to a point. And then yes. something happened there in the middle where it became sort of cheesy and something that people made fun of. Yeah. And it was sort of a joke. And listen, yes. and, and, I'll throw a little culture in here. White culture, this is like the white people joke. You know, where our our friends of color are listening to cool things like Stevie Wonder. We're, we're um, you know, I mean, that doesn't get much cooler than Stevie Wonder. And we're listening to Manilow. And it, it does not. sort of a joke, <laughs> right? And But mm. now we've come full circle because, and I thank you, Leslie and Lynn, because Aww. thanks to you inviting me to be on your podcast, I have been... Connecting again with my Manilow roots. Yeah, and I and I don't think it's cheesy anymore. I think this the, the time period of my life when it became cheesy was when I became self conscious or embarrassed about emotion. Yes. Very Manilow, right? Yes. And very Manilow music is about emotion, and we don't need to be embarrassed by that. I. I want them. I want the real thing, man. I want to see the emotion. I want us to be connecting deeply oh with goodness. one another. And I fear that in this culture that has become increasingly connected to phones, um, that people are not really mm -hmm. connecting to their hearts anymore. So I say bring back the cheese. Yes. Yes. Bring back the cheese is the bring it phrase. Back. So bring Tracy, where can people find you <laughs> in the world? Where can people find you? I, you know, I don't do a very good job of some social media. Like I should, I, I, I should do the, I should do the gram. I should do the Twitter. I, I'm on Facebook <laughs> though. I'm all over Facebook. Um, I post regularly, just look up, look up my name, Tracy Tiernan. Um, and I use that really as a place to journal. <laughs> and a place to encourage people. And, there you go. And I love doing that. And I'm, I host the morning show on Bright FM. It's 95.1 uh, FM in the, the Baltimore, Washington area, Eastern Shore and beyond. But you can get us online at brightfm.com all over the world. Yay. Tracy, <laughs> you are the best. We love you. We thank you, you so much for being here. And uh, Leslie. I just want to say thank you again. And thank you for listening. And keep it breezy. Keep it cheesy.